Hello, I'm Arnold Chacon, Director General of the Foreign Service and Director of Human Resources at the Department of State. Welcome to Conversations on Leadership. On this, our ninth episode, we're excited to have Don Jacobson, Director of the Office of Central American Affairs in the Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs, and May Baptista, Senior Advisor to the Director General for Diversity, Inclusion, and Outreach in the Bureau of Human Resources. They will discuss the importance of developing our people, as well as the mentoring resources offered by the department. Don is a senior Foreign Service officer who has served in Latin America, the Middle East, and Asia during his over two decades with the department. He was most recently Minister Counselor for Consular and Consulate Affairs for Mexico, overseeing the State Department's largest consular mission overseas with 19 locations and 750 employees. May is also a career Foreign Service officer. She has served in Latin America and Europe over her nearly 15 years with the department. She was most recently Division Chief of Sports Diplomacy in the Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs. Hi, good afternoon. My name is May Baptista and I'm here with Don Jacobson. Hi Don, how are you doing? I'm doing great, May. Great to see you. Since 2002, we've seen a, a, a workforce trends that approximately 60% of our workforce has less than 10 years of, of experience within the department. And these workforce trends have made much more of a premium on mentoring and developing your people. Um, Don, could you tell us a little bit about how developing your people has been a key focus on um, your career? For more than 15 years now, I've been really kind of obsessed with growing leaders for the department. Um, and that's because I really kind of feel in, in my bones that just the work of the State Department is really, really important. We have a huge footprint around the world and what, what we do makes a, a difference and we need to get it right. And our people should be able to love what they do. The work we do is just meaningful on so many different levels. Um, but often bad bosses get in the way of that. And so I, I just learned early on that uh, if we can get our people off to a good start and uh, support their development as, as leaders, uh, that as, as, they, as they move up the, the ranks, they'll take care of their people and uh, we'll have uh, happier teams uh, spreading throughout the organization. Um, and, and really, the, the process of growing leaders starts from the beginning of uh, an officer's career or a, or a civil service employee's career. And it's, it, you know, leadership is really about taking ownership of your work environment, of, of your work, and trying to make things better. And if we can get our new employees in the habit of seeing a problem, taking ownership and fixing it, of course with the buy-in from their boss, uh, they will have that habit by the time they become supervisors because we don't need pe people, we don't need supervisors who are essentially caretakers. Uh, we want them to really sort of own the, the work environment and, their, and, the, and the mission and work with the team to make it better. And welcome back to Washington. I know you just came back from a tour in Mexico City where you've set up a mid-level mentoring program there and it's been highlighted as one of the best practices in the department. What is the, uh, how do you see the role um, as a supervisor? Well, I think the, the, there are really sort of three key roles that a supervisor needs to play and that's to train, motivate, and build teams. And that's because if people know their job, they're happy coming to work, and they're working well together, things tend to go really well. Right. And when things are not going well, you can usually trace it to one of those three things, and the supervisor has a huge impact on all three. 
it, it's really a focus on developing people. And that's, that's because, well, as a supervisor, your, your job is to get work done through other people. And in order for you to succeed, you need them to be highly effective. And so developing their ability to be highly effective is very much in your interest. And that's a, that's a, a really powerful area to put your uh, energy. That's, at least that's what I found. And, and as a supervisor, you can do that in a n number of different ways. Uh, the the super supervisors have an, an important role as teachers, coaches, mentors, and role models. Uh, and be, you know, nobody is born knowing how to do all this stuff that we do in the State Department. And uh, given how many new people we have, teaching is a, is a critical component uh, for, for supervisors. And uh, supervisors can certainly pass on the wisdom of their experience. Um, as a coach, they can help their employees get unstuck if they're if they're stuck on uh, on something, and ask them good, good questions that help them solve their own problems. And in terms of role models, uh, you know, there's a there's a saying that all leaders lead by example, whether they intend to or not. Right. Uh, I think it, it's <coughs> a, a good idea to be intentional about the kind of mo uh, example that you want to set. I know when I first started off, um, I had supervisors who let me invited me to meetings and and let me into their strategy sessions and and told me a lot about how they thought about things and and how they their perspective and their angle on why they said things a certain way and that was very helpful as as I progressed from entry level to mid level um, that just having that perspective and hearing their thought process was very helpful and mm -hmm. and and you're absolutely right in terms of of developing people from entry level on. I mean, one of my supervisors gave me an intern to supervisor, put me in charge of the internship program, and that was a way in which, even at the entry level as a first-tier officer, I was able to show, de uh, develop students or develop others. Um, mm -hmm. There's also peer leadership and peer mentoring. You say how important the mentoring is in the develop in, in the department and okay. developing the people, and in terms of. Um, acquisition of knowledge and skills in terms of relationship building, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, building a robust, robust pipeline into the system from entry level all the way up to senior levels. That's, I think, getting that sense of how the work contributes to, to the agency and to the department is something that, that's very important. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Mentoring is hugely important for the, the development of our new employees. and. That there, there are several different ways to uh, go about that. One is through formal mentoring programs that, that uh, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, managers have a role in in passing on their wisdom uh, through telling stories of of their experience. Um, we need leaders to think strategically about what are the the stories from their career and from their experience that really teach a lesson about uh, the values of our organization or about how to be successful uh, in a certain context. And, and those kinds of stories are uh, terrific teaching tools because they're, they're memorable and uh, it, there's context to, for people to hang uh, their experience on. So, I've heard a lot of senior managers say that they're not comfortable mentoring um, people in their chain of command uh, for, for whatever reason. I mean, it, it requires uh, a, a relationship of trust and building that trust. What's the difference between mentoring and the department's formal mentoring program? Well, you're absolutely right. There, there are types of, of mentoring that uh, probably a supervisor may not be able to provide. Um, we do want our supervisors to establish relationships of, of trust with their, with their employees. Um, 
uh, Colin Powell uh, said in, in, a, in a big gathering in the department once that trust is the essence of leadership. Uh, the, but the, I think both kinds of mentoring, the supervisory mentoring and then the formal mentoring through the department programs both have an important place. Uh, supervisors need to be thinking in terms of developing their people and passing on the, the, the lessons of their experience. But there are, are times where an employee will want a different perspective on things uh, from outside their chain of command. It might be they'll want somebody to look at their evaluation for to get another eye, set of eyes. It could be that they, there are personal issues that the employee may not wish to discuss with their supervisor, or in some cases, there may be a difficult relationship between the, the employee and, the, and their supervisor. So th that kind of conversation would certainly be outside their chain of command with a, a, a mentor, perhaps through one of the department's programs. Uh, all, all senior leaders need to think of mentoring as an important part of their job because it, it takes leaders to grow their leaders, and we, we really need our, our, our senior people to think about bringing the next generation along because they're the future of the department. Well, I think we can seg into the department's formal mentoring programs and, and the variety of things that we, we offer here at the department, um, one of which is situational mentoring, and that's for both foreign service and civil service employees, where there's a specific issue in which we would like to get more information or, or, or have someone that's outside of their chain of command and outside of maybe their entire in, entire um, mission or, or back here in Washington. We have a pool of over 500 mentors who have volunteered their time to, to become a situational mentor. Um, there's also formal mentoring programs on the civil service and the foreign service side, uh, starting from entry level, starting from orientation all the way up through mid-level and, and beyond. Uh, this last year, we collaborated with the Una Chapman Cox Foundation to complete a study of, of our mentoring programs, and it validated our mentoring programs and identified uh, gaps and provided recommendations for it, and we're looking into implementation now. Um, and to further bolster our mentoring programs, we, we've put together a mentoring consortium where we've looked at best practices from uh, overseas at the mid-level um, domestically and, and some of the other employee organizations have set up their own um, programs. For example, you set one up in, in Mission Mexico. Uh, could you share us That's right. a little uh, bit about what you've done there? In, um, in Mission Mexico, uh, we actually created a pretty comprehensive leadership development program for our mid-level employees across the mission. Mentoring was one component of that. Um, we had about 100 uh, mid-levels across the, the 10 posts in Mexico sign up for this program, uh, and about 50 of them requested mentors. And so we, we uh, sought volunteers among our senior foreign service and O1 uh, officers across the mission to see who would be willing to be a, a mentor. And then we matched them up with the the individuals who wish to have a mentor. And some of us took on several mentees, uh, but that's depending on our, our bandwidth and, and inclination. But it uh, worked pretty well, and we, we found that even mentors and mentees who were serving at different posts were able to have uh, effective mentoring conversations uh, by phone or DVC, and that generally uh, worked quite well. We did a, a survey after the first six months and, and uh, 
extremely high percentage wanted to continue with the same mentor uh, for another year, and it was. And and I think it's one of the most um, highlighted practice throughout a lot of the mid-level programs now. And yeah. and, I, and I'm delighted to see the increased emphasis on mid-level development uh, at our posts around the world and in the department because that's been a a real gap for us for a long time, where we've done an awful lot of, of developmental activity for our first and second tour officers and, and specialists and, and new employees across the board. But uh, once an officer gets tenure, uh, we've treated them as if they were a fully formed member of the senior foreign service just biding their time to get it across the threshold. And, right. and that's not the way it works. Right. <laughs> People need uh, a lot of support as they're transi transitioning into new roles as supervisors uh, in particular. That's a, that's a huge transi transition for people where suddenly they're going from being the, trying to be the star performer to, to having to get work done through other people. And that's just a complete mind shift and some people really struggle with, with learning to delegate and learning to have difficult conversations uh, and uh, developing self-confidence as, as a supervisor. We need mentoring at every level. Um, I needed a lot of help in terms of how to develop the people, how to have those difficult conversations, uh, and, and becoming more confident and becoming more um, able to have those conversations make increases productivity, increases team building and it brings together the people and understanding what it is that we're doing and it really it really helps and so often um, we need these mentors formally or informally to help us get over that hurdle That's right. what advice would you give to people to to balance their time in terms of mentoring and making it part of their daily work that's a really good question the one of the things that I struggled with as, as a manager for a long time was I, I knew it was a good idea for me to, to spend more one-on-one -on -one time with my employees, but I didn't make time for it because I was really busy. And finally, I decided this is too important. I want to I try this. And I started putting it on my calendar. And so I would yeah. have weekly, meet, weekly meetings with each of my direct reports. And sometimes they were short meetings, 15 minutes. You know, Often they were half an hour or so. But it was an opportunity to talk about what are they working on, what are they stuck on. It, when I, as a manager of managers, I would ask them about, um, okay, what kinds of leadership challenges do they have? How are they, you know, are there any of their employees have behavioral or performance issues that need need work? And I would uh, coach them through how to have the difficult conversations or whatever. And then the next week I would hold their feet to the fire and say, did you, how did that conversation go? And uh, accountability. Uh, and that's right. And that's right. That and, 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 and that's the kind of support that new managers need is, right. is somebody to just hold their feet to the fire like that. And, you know, one of the amazing things about giving feedback and having those difficult conversations is that when you know, the, when you actually do it and, and deliver the feedback effectively, there's a decent chance that things are going to get better, uh, that the employee's performance is going to get better. They'll they'll change the behavioral issues or whatever. But uh, if you if you don't have the conversation, you can pretty much guarantee that that things will not change, and the problems will just fester. Right. So absolutely, it's really really important to have those 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 conversations. And when I was a brand new manager, I I resisted uh, having the difficult conversations because you know in uh, you know. 
many of us are conflict averse in the Foreign Service. <laughs> <laughs> but but once I once I developed the skills to do this, and I and I realized that by having the conversations, things improved. Then it became sort of a positive feedback cycle, and it just it, it got easier to do, and and uh, I had confidence in the skills to do it. But that's that is one of the hardest things for new supervisors to do. And I think it goes back to the the trust factor of having that trust of your your supervisor, and 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 knowing that it, we can have an honest conversation, and and it's not going to be detrimental to one's career or one's one status there, and just being able to have that frank conversation, That's I right. think, is very very key. That's right, and and if the supervisor goes into the conversation with the the attitude that I'm not here to punish this person, I'm here to help them be successful. Um, that in itself is is a, a, a positive approach, but uh, developing that trust with the employee so that they're they're willing to listen to the feedback that's that's a, an ongoing process and and a, and a really critical one. Um, but there's a very simple model for feedback that that I, I find easy to remember and easy to implement, which is it's called the SBI model. It stands for Situation Behavior Impact, and so you describe the specific situation where you observed a behavior the specific behavior that was the problem, and the specific impact that that behavior had. If you boil your, your feedback down to that when, when trying to counsel somebody, um, that tends to ensure that they don't take it personally. And they'll just um, um, sit up and listen because you know most people don't want to have the, those kinds of neg negative impacts on their co colleagues or their team that, that the supervisor just described. And I think another thing that's important is having your own leadership, your own chain of command on board and, and building that culture of leadership throughout the, the, the mission, managing up, down, and laterally. Um, what advice would you give mentors to help them be more effective mentors here? I mean, how, how do you build that, that circle of trust? How do you create that neutral, safe environment of acceptance and trust? I think one important practice is to just sort of set some ground rules from the beginning to make it clear that you know, what you're going to talk about in the mentoring conversations is confidential. Uh, make it clear that you know your objective is to help the person be successful, um, but not make any promises that you are can necessarily give their career a boost. Um, but what what you want is to be able to, um, as the mentor, is to help the person be able to do their job more effectively and. Uh, be a better employee for the department and and help them learn and grow so that that you know they strengthen the department going forward in my experience of being both a mentee and a mentor it, it's been really helpful to go in with a goal in mind of what is it that I want to to work on now is it my EER I mean many times it's to to have that perspective of someone else looking at my EER what career path should I go through? What's the next logical step to, um, to, to gain more responsibilities? How should I balance work and life and, and all of those responsibilities? And having the first or second conversations and establishing, I guess, those ground rules have been very, very helpful. Yeah, I totally agree. And in fact, when we set up the, the mid-level mentoring program in Mission Mexico, we had all the mentors and mentees sign a mentoring contract it's modeled on the one that the uh, HR here uses for the civil service mentoring program in the department. And that gets the mentee to list what are their goals for the mentoring relationship. It sets out from the beginning who's responsible for 
setting up the conversations or scheduling the conversations uh, and, and some of those things that are really important to make sure that there's accountability and, a, and some clarity over what are the topics that you want to talk about, at least at the beginning. I mean, hopefully it'll evolve organically as you move in, as you develop the relationship and talk about other, other issues as well. But th that's a really critical piece, I think. And, and I know like, I've benefited from so many different mentors. I've gone to one mentor for a specific issue and another mentor for another issue. I mean, it, it's, it's building that network of mentors um, that you can go to on, on a variety of issues. That's right. And, and you know, there's, there's um, a place for many different forms of mentoring. Supervi as I said, supervisors can be mentors. We've got mentors through the formal pr programs, but the you know, we, we can learn from anybody who's got more experience in a, in a specific area and just being in a, for the employees to be in a mode where we're continually learning is, is a really key part, part of that and just looking for what are the sources of, of uh, wisdom and, and, and learning that I can tap into uh, is just something that we should all be focused on. If there are people listening who are interested in becoming a mentor, what, what advice would you give them? Well, I would, I would suggest that they really focus on getting to know the mentee. What motivates them, what are their strengths, and what, what, even what do they want to accomplish in life? Because uh, in order to help them move towards achieving their potential, you really have to clarify where they are now and where they want to go. And don't assume they can or will follow the same path you did in your, in your career. And I guess let's go the, the ver reverse route. Um, if there are listeners out there who want to be a mentee, what what advice do you give them or to empower them to become mentees? Well, first, uh, you know, don't be afraid to seek out a mentor. Um, second, uh, once you have a mentor and if they've agreed to meet with you regularly, schedule those meetings and have them. Uh, you may have to, the, the more senior person may get uh, busy and have to reschedule. That may be the case for both of you. but. But you know, do follow up and, and, and keep, this, keep the relationship going. Um, be clear about what you want from the beginning, from the mentoring relationship. Uh, and in the conversations, be open and candid. If you're just trying to try to impress this more senior person, uh, they're going to have a hard time figuring out where you really are and, and how they can help you most effectively. And, uh, and do the homework. For example, if, if the mentor does give you something to read, like an, an article or, or su suggests a book that, that really goes to the heart of what you're struggling with or whatever, uh, do the homework and then, and then uh, have a conversation about it with, with the mentor. Um, I find it um, really useful to, to start the mentoring relationship with, with a mentoring agreement that, that uh, they use for the civil service mentoring program. That's a, a terrific tool. If I could add one more thing, I, it always seems like if you go in, you you said this already, but being prepared, but also being willing to be flexible as mm -hmm. well, and 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 changing your path from based on what what the senior leader has told you. That's that's been helpful. Well, I, I didn't mean having the employee change their path. It's it's just from the perspective of, of the mentor. Uh, don't assume that the person is going to want to follow the path you took. Ah, okay. Um, there are a lot of different ways up the organization and sort of think about it, what's right for this person and what are, what are the, um, how can this person really thrive uh, in this organization and find the right role and the right, the right kind of 
work to focus on that, that will make their heart sing. Because one of my goals as a supervisor has always been, I want my people to love coming to work every day. Yeah, that's, that's very refreshing. It, it only occurred me, to me a couple months ago that that's kind of a high bar. To love coming to work. <laughs> that's, that's been my standard. And uh, I haven't always succeeded, but that's, that's what I'm striving for. <laughs> and loving the job and, yeah. and, and understanding that the job, the importance of the job. That's right. Either at the personal level, community level, domestic level, and international. The, the work that the State Department does is incredibly meaningful and it makes a huge difference. And, and we have so many opportunities to learn and so many opportunities to make a difference that um, we should just be able to love coming to work every day. Tom, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, May. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like more information on people and careers at the Department of State, please follow me, Arnold Chacon, on Twitter and LinkedIn. For more information on our mentoring programs, visit the mentoring portal on Diplopedia.